0: The subject of my message tonight is prayer, the secret of a holy life. May I ask, is your prayer life active? Is it healthy? Are you blessed by a close walk with the Lord? So this need not be a secret if we follow biblical guidance. Today, much advice is given in the world about opening up on our concerns and worries. They say, talk about it, confide in someone, discuss it. But the world never tells us to pray to the Lord, our God, or to seek his help. They do not know him. And so they are bereft in their guidance and advice. We are blessed. We know that we should talk to our God. So prayer is our communication with Almighty God, our Creator. And he has made a way into the Holy of Holies for sinners who come pleading the shed blood of the Saviour, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The writer to the Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 writes, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Have you ever stopped to seriously consider the wonder of prayer? That the Almighty God, the Holy One, the Creator, should want to hear and answer the prayers of sinful people, as we are. Surely, it is amazing, almost beyond our comprehension. But he does want this. He asks us to pray to him. We note the Lord's recommended structure for prayer in what is known as the Lord's Prayer, as we read in Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. I'll read it again. Our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now the Lord gave us this as a pattern prayer, not necessarily given us for us to repeat, which is often the case in more formal religious gatherings and at schools. But to repeat it and just make that our time of prayer uh, can lead us into unmeaningful prayer, for we are reciting good words, but maybe we're not stopping to consider their meaning. So let us just note the structure of the prayer that the Lord taught. First of all, prayer is to the Father. And the Lord has told us in other places that we are to pray to the Father in his name, the name of the Son. For he is our entrance into the presence of God as we will consider later on. So we recognize who God is, his character, his holy unchanging being. We recognize that he is eternal, unchanging, sovereign in everything, in creation, providence and redemption We cannot change his will, so we must pray for it to be done and seek the help of uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, when we pray to pray for that which is his will. We must recognize that he provides all our needs, physical, mental, and spiritual, most of all. We pray recognizing that he, although being holy, is merciful and ready to forgive our trespasses, when we repent and believe. We recognize that he will bring trials our way and give us the spiritual strength to resist sin and temptation and to stand in his strength, to honor his name. And then the closing thought was another recognition of his sovereign power to save and keep his people now and into eternity. What great encouragement. This prayer gives us but tonight I want to bring you seven observations relating to our prayer life firstly prayer gives us victory over sin no one can willfully sin and sincerely pray the two don't go together for prayer will make us cease from sin when we come in repentance or sin will make us cease from prayer when we continue in our willful way David, the psalmist, wrote in Psalm 24, verse 3 to 5, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. We note that to ascend into the hill of the Lord is to approach our holy God in prayer. To stand in his holy place is to enter into his holy presence. You remember in the tabernacle and temple of old, it was the high priest who entered into the holy of holies once a year, and that uh, not without blood. But we have the opportunity and the privilege to come to the Lord at any time, day or night, any day of the week. We come into his holy presence and we are to approach this throne of grace, which the Bible calls it, with clean hands and a pure heart. We must come humbly and sincerely seeking forgiveness of our sin. We must come without vanity or a deceitful heart. Jeremiah reminds us in chapter 17, verse 9, of our natural state. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we must examine our hearts for sin. Ephesians 4, verse 30, encourages not to sin and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. I trust that you're aware that our very first prayer must be for forgiveness. How will God hear and answer our prayers for our needs if we presume upon Him, if we presume to enter into His holy presence without seeking forgiveness? So we must come in faith, seeking His forgiveness. Every time we pray, we must humbly seek forgiveness. Once we've praised the name of the Lord, and thanked him for who he is, we must seek forgiveness. We must think how we have broken God's law, how we have come short. Even our best is not as good as it should be. So to pray, we must have clean hands and a pure heart to approach God with our praises and requests. We need to be clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and not in the filthy rags of the guilt of our sin. Those can be taken away at the foot of the cross when we come to the Savior. And we come regularly seeking forgiveness. So we must approach with a sincere heart, a cleansed heart, with clean hands, walking with God in holiness, as we learnt from Psalm 1 the other week, that we're not to walk, stand, or sit in the seat of the scornful of the ungodly, but we are to come in faith in our God, seeking his forgiveness. And we receive from him peace of the soul, a joy of the soul. Are you experiencing the joy of the Lord by knowing your sins are forgiven? Does it amaze you that God has provided the way to enter into his holy presence? It is only via the throne of of grace. Here we must plead the shed blood of Christ the Saviour. We can only come if we believe that Christ died as our substitute, taking the holy wrath of God the Father, which we as sinners rightly deserve. So we pray in the Lord's name, seeking forgiveness, pleading his shed blood. So the more often we pray, the more our souls will be protected from the weakness of our sin and our sinfulness. We need help. Our natural man is warring against us and Satan will see to it that he does. But we have a stronger one. We have a victory over sin in our prayer to our God. Secondly, prayer promotes holiness. It is like the gentle dew which falls upon the thirsty plants and causes them to be refreshed. And they, according to their kind, will bear flowers or fruit and bring glory to God. But selfish prayers will go unanswered. So avoid prayers just for self. You can pray for yourself, but is it to bring glory to God through your life that you're praying? In Psalm 51, that very well known psalm, David, in his great confessional prayer, when convicted of his adultery with Bathsheba and his arrangement of the death of her husband Uriah the Hittite, he prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David knew, King David knew, that he could do, not do this himself. Even a king cannot do this, and we cannot do it ourselves either. David needed God's help to create a clean heart in him. We are not saved by works. We're saved by faithfulness, which is the gift of God. And he had a sincere desire for cleansing of the guilt of his sin and for holiness to rule within his heart and soul. He was deeply penitent for the terrible sins that he had committed. And he was restored By the Lord, so David had confidence that God would forgive him if he was sincere. Is this your prayerful desire to be holy? One Peter one verse sixteen: Be holy, for I am holy. Holy, pure, morally blameless, full of all that God is to be worshipped. The Greek word for holy is. It occurs 229 times in 219 verses in the Textus Receptus Greek New Testament. So it's worthy of our note. Isaiah recorded in his vision in chapter 6, verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the Hebrew word for holy is kodoshih. And it occurs 119 times in 108 verses in the Old Testament Hebrew text. Again, to be taken note of. Again, I ask you, is this our prayerful desire? To be holy. Prayer promotes holiness. You may remember that Pastor last week spoke from 1 Peter 1, studying holiness, It's up on the website, it's on YouTube. Uh, I can recommend you to go back and listen to it again, for it is great value to our souls. Thirdly, prayer is a bringer of power. Prayer is in the hand that touches the hem of the garment of divine grace and causes the life which is in the divine one to flow into us. Matthew tells us in chapter 9 of the woman uh, which had the issue of blood For 12 years, she had been sick with this. But she believed that if she touched the hem of the Lord's garment, she would be healed. And she was immediately healed by the Lord. It wasn't touching the hem that did it. It was her faith and the Lord recognized her faith and blessed her for it. So we likewise are to ask in faith. Faith is that gift given to us by God the Holy Spirit at our conversion, as we read in Ephesians 2 verse 8. And we note from James chapter 5 verse 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do we have the Lord's honour and glory at heart when we pray? Do we want his will to be done? Even in our own lives, we may need to be chastised. We may need to be... uh, brought through a trial or tribulation in order to know the Lord's goodness and to return to him in faithful prayer. We have lots of things that we can pray for which are very legitimate. We can pray for relationships in our families, in our neighborhood, and in our church. We can pray for our health, our finances, our job, responsibilities that we have, for our education, but also ensure that you also pray for those you know and love for their salvation. And if they are believers, for their spiritual growth. We must take a prayerful interest in the evangelical outreach of our church for the visitation, the children's evangelism. We gather children every day and in the week as well. And it is part of the work of this church to carry out the Great Commission that the Lord has set us. Uh, We seek to uh, teach these children the word of God and the way of life from the scriptures with gospel arguments week after week. And the Lord is blessing, the Lord is saving, and there are more yet to be saved. So we ask the Lord for help in uh, this work and for the support of pastor and all the teachers, all the collecting of the children the gathering together and we pray for the families and we pray for the children of those families and we ask the Lord to bless in our community. We pray for a deeper understanding of the doctrines of the word of God, God's promises. They are yea and amen, but there are conditions and we must seek the Lord that we're following the principle of his word and It is so easy for us to argue something and convince ourselves that we are right in taking a certain course of action. But actually, have we prayed about it? Have we sought the Lord's will? Is it the Lord's way for us? Are we honoring his name in seeking his will? We must pray for the harmony and love in the fellowship. We must be at one, we must have the same doctrine. We have our basis of faith. We have our summary of the basis of faith. We have the scriptures. We have the preaching and teaching of the word. And so we must be at one in doctrine if the Lord is to bless our witness and testimony. We also pray for our own battle with temptation and sin. This is the Lord's work. We need his power to help us through this. We read that we should uh, pray uh, knowing that the Lord face all temptations, as we do. He knows, he understands, and he is able to help us. So he has the power, and we receive that power by praying for it. Fourthly, prayer is a victory giver. Bunyan's Christian found that the weapon of all prayer, he had some lovely descriptions in the in Pilgrim's Progress, The weapon of all prayer was sufficient to wound and defeat the adversary who would stop him in his progress as a pilgrim on his way to the celestial city. So all prayer. Prayer is important for us to uh, give us the victory, for it is God who answers our prayer in that way. We can know peace and joy of soul and victory over sin. Do we stop each day? And thank the Lord how maybe he has called us back from a temptation where we almost fell and how the Lord has strengthened us and reminded us that he died on Calvary to take our sin away. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 and we read, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God And the peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So prayer is a victory giver. Prayer is a reconciler of disputes. Prayer keeps harmony in the church. Let any two brethren who are at loggerheads get on their knees and ask the Lord about any disputed matter. And they will find the Lord saying to their troubled spirits, Peace, be still, love one another, forgive one another. There is a condition in that Lord's prayer that the Lord will forgive us our debts if we forgive those who uh, are debtors to us. So our seeking for forgiveness for our sin and how we may have offended others will help us in this reconciliation The Lord says, love me and keep my commandments. The New Testament refers to the need of believers to love one another 19 times. It was given by the Lord Jesus as a commandment to all Christians in John 13, verse 34 and 35. The Lord would have us to be reconciled, to live in harmony and peace with each other to the glory of his holy name. How much better we can serve the Lord when we come as teachers and helpers amongst the children when we are at one in the Lord and there is nothing between us. Eudius and Syntyche, we read about in Philippians 4, uh, they were asked by Paul to be of one mind, one mind in the Lord, seeking forgiveness and being close to each other in the faith. So how can we be reconciled to God If we are indifferent to each other and do not care about each other. What a poor witness this gives when proud and stubborn hearts rule in our lives. Consider how the Lord has reconciled us sinners to God. We who were enemies at enmity with God have been brought into a close relationship with him through the sacrificial and substitutionary death of the Savior. Are you blessed? with this reconciliation to God. Prayer is a reconciler of disputes. Sixthly, prayer is an obstacle remover. As Peter found when the angel came in answer to the prayers of the saints and delivered him from the prison. Acts 12 tells us that Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. God heard and answered. He was miraculously released by God from that prison and joined them to serve again in preaching the truth. There are many occurrences in both Old and New Testaments as to God's hearing and wonderfully answering the prayers of his people. Also throughout history, wonderful answers of prayer have been testified of. Think of your own experience. Surely, if you are a believer then you must have experienced God's sovereign intervention in your life. Do you believe the promise of Romans 8, eight twenty eight? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things do work together, whatever our experience. Get on our knees, seek the Lord, seek his way through our problem. So do you have an obstacle or a great need in your life? Put God first, obey him, and pray for his sovereign ruling. We remind ourselves again that God's sovereign rule stands. We cannot change it. We must ask that our prayer comply with his will. Then we will be blessed and satisfied. Ephesians 3.20, he will hear an answer. And says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Note, all that above all that we ask or think, beyond even our request. Prayer is an obstacle remover. And seventhly, prayer is a Christ revealer. For it clears our spiritual vision. And enables us to see the unseen Christ. The risen Christ. He is in heaven. But we see him. In a spiritual way. Matthew 11 verse 27. Where the Lord Jesus said. All things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knoweth the son. But the father. Neither knoweth any man the father. Save the son. And he to whomsoever the son. Will reveal him. So we need that intervening work of God the Holy Spirit to reveal to us who God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you know, man was created in the image of God, but Adam lost this perfection when he rebelled. We see in Scripture God's offer to repair this damage, to conform us to that image as revealed in his Son. Romans eight twenty nine. the importance of being conformed to Christ. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Repairing that damage, when Adam lost the image of God that he was created in, Christ could restore it and bring us back to have that image uh, in our lives. We read again in our passage, Philippians 4 verse 9, The apostle sought to emulate Christ. And he said, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Paul sought to glorify Christ, to live a life which pointed people towards the Savior. He preached that gospel. He wrote that gospel. And he wants us to copy him, but even more so, to copy the Lord Jesus Christ. For that was his template. Ephesians 1 verse 17 reminds us that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you in the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of him. When we pray, we can seek the knowledge and wisdom of God in prayer and asking to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Do you pray? to be conformed to the image of Christ. I challenge myself in this, and we must seek to do this. Charles Spurgeon said, Prayer girds human weakness with divine strength, turns human folly into heavenly wisdom, and gives to troubled mortals the peace of God. We know not what prayer can do. We belittle prayer, maybe. We do not hold it in as high esteem as we should. In Psalm 6, verse 9, David speaks of confidence in prayer. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. So prayer is a Christ revealer. So in conclusion, we have considered seven ways which prayer can help us discover the secret of a holy life. Firstly, prayer gives us victory over sin. Prayer promotes holiness. Prayer is a bringer of power. Prayer is a victory giver. Prayer is a reconciler of disputes, a keeper of harmony within the fellowship. Prayer is an obstacle remover. Prayer is a Christ revealer. It has been said that the church that prays together stays together. We are reminded of the importance of of both private prayer and corporate prayer. And so I would encourage you to join us tomorrow evening at the corporate prayer meeting of this church. You don't need to come to pray out loud, but come and pray and say amen at the end of the prayers. The prayer meeting is a very important meeting in the week. So do come and join us. Pastor often reminds us that this church was founded as the result of a prayer meeting held by sincere Baptist believers on January the 27th, 1877, in a house just up the road here. They had a prayer meeting, and the outcome of that prayer meeting, it must have been on their hearts, shall we do this, to find the will of the Lord to establish this church on January the 27th, 1877. And also that this church was re-established on the same foundational truths in 2011, after the faithful prayers of a few people who would not let it close. So we have reminded ourselves tonight that God wants to hear and answer our prayers. Prayers of repentance, praise, thanksgiving, requests for help in difficulties, and to resist temptation, for guidance and growth in holiness, and so much more. So let us now go to his throne of grace in sincere prayer. Remembering that now is the day of salvation, let us plead for deliverance for all that mars our peace, prevents our sanctification, or hinders our Christian walk. Let us come to the Father, pleading the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the only way into his presence. Let us believe and be saved, pray and be delivered, wait on the Lord, and he will strengthen our heart. May these thoughts on prayer help us to know Christ as Savior and Lord and keep us close to him every day, that we may grow more like him in sanctification, to enjoy him forever and to the glory of his name.